That just made me want to buy so much cards here. <laughs> this is the Gary V Audio Experience. Well, we're excited to have you, and I'm curious. I know you came to the National for a bit last year. I did. But what was really the tipping point, awareness-wise, or uh, just in seeing the hobby, where you were like, "This is this is the differentiator. This is what brought you back." For me, it's the nature of flipping. You know, uh, the macro trend of 14, 15, 16 year olds buying and selling sneakers is something that I've watched for seven or eight years. When I really analyze that market, the kids are getting far more sophisticated. This is not what I saw from kids seven, eight years ago where they'd stay in line for four hours, flip a Supreme and be pumped to make their 300 bucks. This is running hardcore tech, to nap things on the web. This is having 44 kids in their high school stay in lines for them. You know, the 15, 16 year olds that I interact with on Instagram, on DM, they remind me of me. Who at 13 and 14, I already knew what the outcome was gonna be with my professional career, which I thought I was going to be successful. And I can sense my own when I talk to them. And some of these 13, 14 year olds feel to me like, you know, I'm trying to figure out how to invest in humans and take 20% of the upside of a 14 year old because I can see it. And what I started noticing was frustration around supply. They weren't able to get enough when they were right. And then I started sensing cards, momentum, watching the market. And basically, there, it was a series of a couple conversations where I just noticed and I intuitively have decided for myself that sports cards, much like nerd culture and Comic Con and Marvel movies, much like sneakers, that there's a bubbling of it being cooler and more scalable than it has. This has been an inside hobby. So a lot of people I'm seeing right here that I know have been to the last 22 nationals, 15 nationals. And over the last three or four, based on the homework I've done, the room's getting younger compared to a decade ago. And that's good, that's good. And so, it was a series, it was no, you know, it wasn't the Bowman break last year, though that was great national awareness. It wasn't, it wasn't anything too crazy. It was just a series of 15 to 20 things that make it obvious to me. And I actually, what I've been historically good at is seeing the non-obvious. I think it's China with basketball and soccer. Huge. I think think the China collectible thing is gonna be a lot bigger than people think, which is why I personally, I could be wrong. These are guesses. I've I've started realizing way too many people are watching the things I'm saying, so I wanna be really hedging this stuff. I don't know. I don't, I don't want that, I don't want that. But in the same token, what I'm very scared of is believing in something, loading up, and then talking about it because then people are gonna think that that's what I'm doing. So I've had to give up my De'Aaron Fox hot take. They've gone up, but to me, me having to buy things I want for more expensive are better than the industry thinking that I'm loading up and then promoting. So I'm trying to find my own way but I can tell you some macro things. China, with soccer and basketball, is gonna matter. So, I think LeBron's underpriced. I don't, you know, that's my take. So if you're not shipping internationally via your eBay account, you're leaving money on the table. 
in a way that makes me confused by what is the excuse you come up with to not do it. There's plenty of people that are hucksters in America too. It's a very American thing. They fear outside of America. There's plenty of fraud going on in America. I think this industry understands that. So this fear base, I think it's a huge mistake. I think, uh, I think there's a lot of opportunity. I think my generation, I'm looking at my best friend Brandon, we grew up in this game. We now have children that are in that seven, eight, nine range. That reboot really, really, really matters. Uh, so I, I, I just think it's gonna happen. Listen, I'm an entrepreneur. I've loved this hobby the whole time. I have not been coming to the national the whole time. I have not been spending hundreds of thousands of dollars the whole time. I've not been saying things in public the whole time in a world where I always want to try to be right. I feel like something's happening. And there's a lot of purists that are not gonna like that and I respect that. If I was a pure collector, I would hate what's about to happen. Prices are going up. If you're a buyer and flipper, you're gonna love what happens. Sports is tricky. Sports is not comic books. Comic books are generational and they don't get hurt. I'm completely convinced about Sam Darnold, but if he gets hurt, then I'm not, right? You know how much AI rookie cards would be? He was the culture, right? Derek Rose, and on and on and on. So, look, I bought an obnoxious amount of Durant's because I thought they were massively overpriced. It doesn't help that he's out for a year, how he comes back. So there's a lot of variables that go into this hobby, but there's a reason this is happening. Brandon, again, I just, you know, he's so my best friend and we're busy and he runs my wine business, my dad's wine business. So we talk sometimes, but sometimes I get busy. But when he was walking this morning and he just whispered something, I said, what did you say? And he basically said, this is what I'm gonna be doing for the rest of my life. He's been out of the hobby also for 20 years. But the taste, the taste of it, it's just very obvious to me what's about to happen. Yeah, that's, that's super cool to hear, Gary, and I really appreciate, um, above all else, I appreciate your honesty because if I may have a take, there are a lot of companies with a big following in this industry that I've seen do that specifically. Where they what's that? Where up on something and then send out an email blast saying, here's who's hot. They send out an infographic saying, here's who's hot after they've got and I And I think, I think people should in some way. I'm trying to figure out for myself because I'm really now in it. I'm playing. And so like, what I didn't realize were how many people were actually listening. You know, listen, for all my bravado and confidence, the only thing that I'm most proud of is my equal level of humility has made me palpable. So I don't think just because I have a lot of social media followers that I'm important in this hobby, I have to earn my keep to get back to that respect. At the same token, maybe there was some level of naivete for me of how many people, even though I wasn't with it day to day because they were entrepreneurs, were aware of me and into it anyway. So I've been caught off guard a little bit, you know, with some of the following of what I'm saying. But at the same token, I want to load up on who I think is underpriced. So what I'm basically saying in my head is, if I would have bought a thousand PSA, you know, BGS 10s of something before I would say something, let me buy 50 to 100, then start talking about it. Because look, I'm very, I'll say it again, I'm extremely hot on Deer and Fox, but I, I'm not educated enough on the NBA if this offseason everybody's watching film on him and have figured out his one speed variable 
which, I mean, this is real sport. Like, I'm in the sports business. My brother and I represent 27 NFL players with Vayner Sports. Most of my football quarterback observations, investments, and non-investments have everything to do with the human being off the field and nothing to do with on the field. There's a lot of people investing on in kids right now that they don't realize the kid's a piece of hanging with the wrong people and has absolutely did not work out this off season. I know real I know four or five guys came in 40, 50 pounds overweight. Like, I know real stuff. I know who they're dating, what they're doing, and that's information advantages. And, uh, so anyway, nonetheless, I'm not, I don't expect to be right, but I'm very excited about sharing my hot takes. Listen, I thought Patrick Mahomes was gonna suck. <laughs> There's a good one. I'm real lucky that this isn't two, three years ago where I would give that hot take and boy, that would be repeated on social over, I didn't think it was gonna be good. I didn't like that system in college. I don't like, sending, I don't love second generation athletes of professional player, you know? I would've been wrong. Um, on that same side, you told me something this morning in your booth that I thought was really interesting from a dealer perspective being in your booth that right now in some ways you're at a disadvantage dealing with some people on some cards. Can you talk just a little bit about being back at the disadvantage? Oh, I've been absolutely ripped off for the last 40 hours because I'm not in the game. I, I have no concept of non-graded cards. Like, just cannot figure it, like, this dude rolled up with a what are those, what are those, what are those the eyeglass, what's the microphone? I don't know. This dude rolled up and he started like going through my stuff that was priced, that was ungraded, and like literally I'm sitting there, I'm like, I am about to get murdered. <laughs> I took my beating like a man. I appreciated my beating. I like enjoyed my beating. You know, I have no concept of low numbered autos, RPA, like I, I, I understand my strategy on base in current new stuff. I'm completely confused by prism silvers, you know, autos. I haven't made my observation yet if that's a huge vulnerability or if that's where the upside is. So, I mean, the level of bashing and losses I'm gonna take here compared to Atlantic City is going to be a big variable. I will be far more prepared dealers in, uh, in Atlantic City, but I'm just not there yet. Right, we promised an audience Vintage is the most interesting and the, and the least interesting. And let me explain. I think, you know, vintage is, is strong, it's classic, it matters. But again, unlike comic books, is there as much juice behind Ernie Banks and Johnny Bench and Roberto Clemente today as there is 10 or 15 years ago? It just doesn't play that way, right? Um, it just doesn't. And so I love, love vintage for the all-time, all-time, all-time icons. But I think guys like you and I, gals like you and I can get tricked because they're icons to us. But the depth of their iconness softens. So I think, I think 
people should stay in their lanes. You know, I just talked a lot about the stuff I don't understand right now. I think people should triple down on what they know. But, I, but this is about a game of demand. So if the whole hobby goes, which I think it's going to, the overall demand gets stronger. Everybody from catfish hunter all the way through does go up. It's that when the demand goes down, now you're down to 37 guys, 147 guys, not 5,000 guys. And so you have to be very thoughtful of your investment flipping strategy around that, which is why now that I have the luxury of having a lot more wealth than I did as a kid, it's easier to focus on really GOAT status players for me. My big problem is I'm a diehard Knicks and Jets fan, (laughs) and the two modern day GOATs at quarterback and NBA are literally two humans that I hope pass away tonight. (laughs) Joe Pretos just doesn't sell so well. How do you think that case breaking as it's evolved has benefited the hobby and the future? A ton. YouTube YouTube is where youth watches information. Pack breaking, much like the wine show that I did in 2006 for wine, is entertaining and gambling. Two good things for people to watch. The end. Wonderful. Who's got another question? Let's go, Gary, Bob Bishop. Um, you, I saw a video a while back where you talked about being able to get the opportunity to own tops at one time. Yes. Now that you're back into it, you're yes. Is that something you ever think about doing? Yes. I would love, over the next two decades, to purchase one of the 15 iconic name brand sport card companies. Upper Deck, Fleer, you know, Tops. Yes. Thank you, uh, Kindness is a big thing for me in my life. I love doing What is? Kindness. Kindness. Bringing the max of kindness and stuff like that. So my question is, how do you balance, your, you're like the master of kindness and profitability. So how do you mix that where you don't do it? Because when I want to be kind, I'm kind. And when I want to make profit, I make profit. So, you know, peop- when I do my garage sale videos, a lot of people leave comments that like, you're such a you're a millionaire and you negotiated that person from $2 to a dollar on YouTube and I'm like, I'm in the zone. I will not be kind at 309 the rest of this weekend. Who 309 is not kindness? I'm undereducated so I'm getting ripped off but I'm not trying to be kind. Uh, but then, you know, I'm, I'm thrilled on Twitter after somebody's gonna try to buy, you know, uh, a messy rookie off of me and I'm not gonna budge by a dollar, right? But that same person three days later on Twitter might say, Gary Vee, it was nice meeting you and I may like DM them and send them like a $500 card as a rant, like I'm very funny that way. I think of myself as an athlete that way. I think there's a lot of athletes that are awful on the court, awful. Kevin, Kevin Garnett, just a bad person, genuinely bad. But off the court, good person. And that's how I am, in my booth, this weekend, bad. I'm, I'm trying to win, a little kid comes up, you, you know, like, you know. But, but off the court, off my booth, off my court, good. Like, that same $5 that was like undebatable, I'll give you a thousand for free, and like, you know, like that. Which is why I don't talk about my nonprofit stuff on social media. I'm very comfortable with who I am and my kindness. You know, the donations that my wife and I make, I'm proud of that and I'm thrilled for people to have that debate with me, but I'm not, gonna, I'm not a Twitter warrior. There's a lot of Twitter warriors in this industry, real tough guys on Twitter, 
but that in real life don't back up their actions, both kind or tough. And so I, I don't like that. Sir. Thank you for coming. Thank you. I'm a vintage car collector in my 60s. Yes. I'm concerned about the latest scam yes. going on in the industry. Yes. I won't go into the details. Uh, PSA, PWCC. Yes. You're a different generation. Yes. I'm wondering if you're concerned about this. What's your perspective on what's going on and whether or not it affects not just vintage cars, but modern cars yeah. that you seem to be more involved so, so, you're welcome, sir. So, a couple things. One, sir, 85 to 90% of my behavior investment will be vintage, outside of modern basketball, which I have a very big belief in. Um, and even that, it's like really 86, 87, Fleer and back. Um, this industry should be very concerned. Uh, I don't know, I'm, listen, one thing I'm very proud of is I don't like to talk about things I don't fully know. I'm just, I'm reading the forums, I'm reading social, I, I'm very wired in in culture at the highest levels and I'm getting my own information that hasn't been shared yet. I'm too undereducated to have a proper thought. Here's what I will say. What's most interesting about what I see is that there are multiple grading companies. If there was one grading company, like let's say the American Mint that makes a currency. If this was currency and there was one it would be a much more interesting debate. My intuition is this industry transformed after I stopped collecting because of grading. Grading is 100% built on trust. Nothing else. I think, we've, I think the industry has accepted, everybody here, the whole macro has accepted there is some human variables in it. One of the things that I still don't understand anything about but I'm fascinated by is if I'd never left would I be awesome at buying a card that's a PSA or Beckett 5 and I could look at it and feel confident that it would be a 6 if I regraded. I'm fascinated by people that feel they have those skills. A couple people rolling around that I've met used to grade and this, it's interesting. But the whole thing is built on trust. As the mainstream media, Darren Ravel, The Wall Street Journal, CNBC pick up more on this, I think it's a vulnerability. And I'm a big fan of the market over everything. Not my opinions, not your opinions, not the 50 biggest dealers, not the thousand most active people on the forums. The market gets to decide. And if the market decides this is too much and see you, there will be such an enormity of loss of dollars whether my intuition is the worst outcome for the net is that one or two of the leading grading companies lose so much equity that a third or fourth grading company takes the top spot and then everybody who invested in a single grading company becomes far more vulnerable. I think a very interesting strategy for the most thoughtful with high risk, high reward are walking around buying highly graded cards of a tier three or tier four grader right now hoping that the grading companies switch positions. That's an interesting thesis. But I'm not sure. But I will say this, and this is a complete outside point of view. My intuition and hypothesis is everybody's too intertwined to let it go all the way down. And so that's what I'm I'm watching, but I'm not sure. Um, I had a quick question. 
you, you triggered something in my head with that, which was you were talking about how there's options with the grading companies that allows it to be, well, this company needs to address this issue step up, or this company when these issues happen. With your understanding of the sports industry yes. and licensing, yes. do you see any chance for exclusive sports licenses to go away in the future? Yes. Or do you think that it's a great thing for the hobby? No, I think, I think both are in play. This hobby has seen both. I think whoever's in charge of the MLB license, when the renew comes, gets wined and dined and negotiated with, and she or he may decide it's been a bad strategy to just be with tops. The NBA licensing may decide they won't want to give it. Look, I look at the card companies the same way I look at media companies. They're vulnerable to the league. When the NFL gives the rights to Amazon, that's bad for ESPN and NBC. If the NBA decides to give a new Gary Vaynerchuk-owned Fleer company the exclusive rights to basketball, that's bad for Panini. Or they decide to give a second license. Uh, No, I think it ebbs and flows, and I think we've seen over the last hundred years of this hobby that it ebbs and flows. And I will be stunned before the time I pass that it stays exclusive in perpetuity. I have a feeling you'll see it change. From the car, from Panini and Tops and those guys. Everyone, like, what can people do to get? Uh, what can the manufacturers do to improve on their products, to change on their current products, or to help the products advance so that they can get new collectors into it and make it more exciting products? Their their job, their job, they're doing their job. The card companies over the last three to five years, in my opinion, have done a great job in doing their job. The problem is their initiatives and agenda don't match the secondary market, and they shouldn't. You know, it's an interesting question. They've been evolving like crazy. They're creating false scarcity or scarcity at scale. They're creating incredible design elements. They're creating incredible cards. The problem is, it's not Panini and Topps' job to hold down production. They're in the business of selling. Nobody feels bad for Panini when a wholesaler buys it at one price and makes 3X when it's hot, but everybody's super mad when Panini makes 10X the product because everyone's scared of the junk wax era. The junk wax era is a complete reflection of supply and demand. They made all that cards because every kid in my junior high and high school was collecting cards. They were in the business to sell to Walmart and to wholesalers. So their job is to make as many cards as possible in line with the demand in the market. Uh, you know, wholesalers' jobs are to make a big margin when something's super hot and move quickly at no margin on things that aren't. Store owners' jobs are to make right choices to move product. I mean, this is, I'm fascinated by the judgment and lack of empathy from every sector of this industry being mad at somebody else. Don't count other people's money. Count your own money. You're mad that there's gonna be too much Panini Zions in the market? Don't buy Zions. (laughs) Or buy them and move them real fast. Like, we are going into the next junk era because the demand at the end consumer level is exploding. 
It is Panini and Topps' job to make more product. That's what they have to do for their investors, their business. We then decide off of that. You want to decide that silvers and one of ones is good enough because they can never make more and so you're not worried about base? Mazel tov. You don't? Cool. You want to go into deep, deep vintage? Great. You want to do what I'm doing and go into vintage basketball because you think it's the number one sport by a country mile? Cool. You're in charge. This is America. You adjust. I'm getting ripped off everywhere, guys. <laughs> I'm getting ripped off. Hey, so just kind of like touch on a minute ago. We're about the same age, 80s, 90s. I mean, I love it. The hobby back in after a long time away. What can all of us do to make sure it doesn't burst again? Nothing. It, it's supposed to burst. It's because it's a market. The real estate market bursts, Wall Street bursts, the card market bursts. It's supposed to burst. It's human behavior. It's how humans are structured. It's supply and demand. You know what we can all do? We can do good behavior on our end. Don't cheat. Be kind. Do the right thing. Don't get caught up by the fast money and get bad behavior. Be a good human being. But we collectively can't do anything. When somebody reads a headline on ESPN Sports Center in nine months that somebody pulled a $400,000 Zion out of a pack, one of one, triple platinum, charcoal from Mars rocks, everybody's gonna come into the hobby and try to pull one because everybody loves lottery tickets and gambling. What am I gonna be doing then? Buying Kevin McHale rookie cards that I think are grossly underpriced because I think he's an underrated all-time basketball player and I like basketball in the macro and there's not that many great white players to begin with. And like, that's that. And by the way, and I may also buy a ton of Zion wax to gamble, hope, and flip fast. Do you have any advice on like yes. Twitter bullies? <laughs> on Twitter bullies? I got a lot of pieces of advice. One, Blocking is okay, but I think is a shortcut. But it's fine if you can't handle it. Two, I think you should be empathetic to what they're doing. A lot of people troll me and don't like me, and I try to think about why. Not that they're bad or stupid. You know, in the sports card thing, because this happens to me in anything I enter, it's because people think I'm coming in to make a fast buck. I understand, I'm empathetic. Number three, I think you should use it as practice, because the world bullies. The quicker that you can get into a place where somebody bullying you, you don't feel in the same way that somebody that you think is cool decides to wear your t-shirt, don't get too high, don't get too low, just stay in your own head and things will get real easy. When people come to this show, uh, you see what's going on. When people come to me and say, I, you changed my life, can I take a selfie with you? I don't get too high. When somebody whispers over on the side and it's like, He's a scam artist, he tried to move the Giannis market. I don't get too low, I just do the right thing. You should get used to it. You should absorb it, but you should never let somebody's opinion about you dictate how you feel about yourself. Because they don't know you. Well, I had a stroke five years ago, and I've been living with my mother the past five years in her basement. 
and I've been watching your content, and it just has inspired me, got me out of bed, and I really wanted to thank you. I mean, for the sports stuff, just your outlook on life has really touched me, and, you know, I love athletes, you know, majority of this goes on, but as far as people inspiring me, somewhere in this body you touched a nerve, and you got me up. And I was wondering, can I get a quick picture? You sure can. Any questions here? Any questions for Darren? Thought I saw a couple other hands. Questions? This is the time. Yeah. I got some hot takes. <laughs> All right, here they come. Here you come. Got a question here. So, how many uh, groups did you scoop up yesterday? None. Yeah, from what I, you know, here's the thing. Again, I'm still too narrow right now. You know, I know a lot of booths got scooped up in Cleveland. From what I heard from the bigger dealers, that didn't happen this year because I think dealers understand the market stronger, right? Chicago's a bigger market, so they might, but I'd like to scoop some in Atlantic City because I feel I'll be really educated in a year. Um, you know, this is so weird for me. I was super poor, so I was lowest man in totem pole. Brandon and I, Brandon and I made a joke that my, my son has opened more wax in the last day than we did in our lives, right? So having, having financial leverage is fun. It's negotiating power. So I'm excited about that part, uh, but not, not this year yet. Not this year. Thanks a lot, Gary. You got it, brother. Appreciate it. All right, did we have uh, any other questions for Gary? Well, Thank you so much. You're welcome, Thank sir. You Keep doing yeah, it. That's the time right there in the middle. Yeah. What's up, Gary? Good, brother. Um, how bad do you think the pushback from the sports car purist is going to be once, like, I know StockX is getting back in the, or is getting in the train, right? I've been doing sneakers for a while, ever since, for like 10 years now, ever since I was fresh from high school, and I saw the transition and was involved in it, you know, and a lot of people don't know, you know, from the waiting in line time to now the entirely online game. So how do you think, and I know people in that sneaker industry didn't react too well to those changes. Nobody likes when their, their move gets commoditized. You know who didn't do well when tennis rackets went from wooden to graphite? The players that weren't as good during that transition. Steven Spielberg, one of the great all-time storytellers in cinema, is dissing on Netflix because he doesn't like the transition. People don't like transition when they were humble enough to wake up at 4 a.m., stay in line, that was their advantage, but now it goes to an online game where analytics matter. Nobody likes transition when it costs them money. The problem is the market doesn't care about you. The market doesn't care about me. The market doesn't care about you. How are they gonna react? If you're calling a purist somebody who's not capable to adjust to the reality of the new game, they're not gonna like it at all. Hey Gary, uh, any thoughts on tickets, ticket subs, especially as we're entering obviously a more digitized uh, environment where season tickets are no longer being made. I'm a huge fan of all things made on paper. I'm not educated about tickets or programs or magazines, leaflets. I mean look, I'm a big buyer. Uh, listen, again, I'm gonna shoot it with you guys. I think the most underpriced thing in this show is weird cards. I like cards not made by Topps, Panini, Donruss, Fleer. It's, first of all, it gets really interesting when weird stuff gets, like think about Pokemon and Magic the Gathering. Like there's a, I just bought a ton of Interlake Jordans. That's that huge card, 85. 
I, I think anything made on paper is interesting. And I think there's a lot of weird stuff in there. You know, they're the boots that look real janky and scary. And I'm like, man, I want to go in there and buy everything. Uh, I, and that, and you, you notice what's happened, right? I've been on this kick. You're seeing PSA, and I'm sure everybody else will start to grade this stuff. I like paper. Tickets have been collected longer. I, and I, I'm so simple. I'm really, really not smart. I'm good at one thing, supply and demand of attention, which is why I understood social media, of things, which is why I'm good at flipping. Ticket stubs are interesting because people inherently threw them into bins and things of that nature. Some of these cards made by like, you know, stuff that we thought was garbage back in the 80s and 90s, like there's something really there. And I think tickets can feel that too. I think anything made on paper is a very interesting debate. Bigger. Sure. You want me to answer right now? Brittany, Brittany, yeah. Is she watching somewhere? She'll be watching later. Brittany, listen. Here's how I see this. If any person in a relationship is unhappy and not achieving their happiness, the whole thing is vulnerable. And so leaning into the other person's happiness is always a good strategy. Can you, uh, I have a quick question about uh, some of your social media strategy. Uh, it it's feels smart. Like it, it's very smart. It's very smart. It, well, it feels like a Wayne Gretzky approach. Uh, skate where the is going, not where it is. Uh, but, but skate, not run. I'm a skater, not Usain Bolt. And, and this is, that's exactly right. Go to where the market's going, but go with what you're good at. This same skill set I have, and passionate, this skill set of seeing around corners, I'd make a lot of money in real estate, a lot. I just don't like it. I'd rather buy 4,000 weird Converse Larry Bird cards. Happiness matters. So, yes, go where the game is, but skate there because I'm self-aware of my happiness and my skill set. And there's a lot of people right here, right now, this weekend, that are about to go into categories that they don't understand because they think it's getting hot and they don't stay in their lane. Like that really nice gentleman with the Padres hat, he's in vintage, he stays in his lane, right? Like, the, Brandon knows this because we were so hardcore baseball, I was buying 86, 87 Fleer basketball in 1992 and three, I was right. I didn't have any money and I didn't go hard, but man, I was right because I already at that point understood what basketball was doing. I mean, soccer cards are a layup. Like, if you can force yourself to get into a sport for the reason to collect it, you better get into soccer. It is the great layup of this industry. Ronaldo and Messi rookie cards are a joke cheap. A joke. They're LeBron, they're Jordan. They're cheap and the demand. Have you been to New York City or Chicago where kids that are seven years old are wearing more soccer jerseys than Cubs jerseys? It's getting crazy. Do you know how big FIFA is? Don't even get me into if eSports cards becomes a thing. Ninja rookie cards are gonna be like 33 Babe Roots. Like, it's real interesting. So, here's my question to everybody. How long are you playing? If you want to make a quick flip on some Zions, that's a game. And I like that game. 
That's day trading. That's a cool game. But if you're in the mutual fund long term, my financial advisors are sitting here, they're in Chicago, they know that I don't treat my money on Wall Street the right way. I'm being serious. They know I like it high risk, high reward. That's what makes me happy. They can easily lay up, get me a great return. It's too boring for me. For my father-in-law, still not here yet, he loves them. They crushed for him. He likes boring. He likes money more than I do. I like action. Weird action. Be self-aware. Hi, Gary. I'm happy to see you here. I love your videos. Thank you. Uh, one question I have is, so are you into the sports more for like flipping? Is it like high risk, high reward? Or do you also collect? And are you kind of looking for the next years? Or are you kind of looking? I, I, I like flipping. I like old stuff though, so I have these two contradictions. I like the short-term action because it's fun to open packs with my friends, my brother, right? But, but I'm, I'm, co- I'm collecting flipping, meaning I don't need to own a single card ever. I don't, that's not what I'm about. But I don't, co- but I'm the, I wanna buy the New York Jets more than I wanna breathe. I love them so much and I don't enjoy any piece of memorabilia from the Jets that I have in my home. I don't enjoy it. So I treat, you know, a lot of people have been asking me because they're trying to buy, sell me memorabilia here. I'm like, I don't like memorabilia. They're like, what the hell? And then I'm like, wait a minute, I don't even like cards that way either. I don't like it. What I like is, I feel I'm super right about Interlake Jordan. I like being right. That's why I like sharing my advice. I also like being wrong. No, I mean it. That's why I told you the Pat Mahomes thing. I like the game of thinking. And I like winning and losing in thinking. So what I like is, I'm gonna hoard the at a vintage basketball, and then when I feel it's at its, Brandon will tell you, in 1993, at a card show, we're setting up, and I just start putting out toys and comic books, and Brandon literally quit. He was already in trouble because he started liking girls, but he quit on the spot. He's like, this is what you're doing? And I'm like, you know, I think cards are in trouble. I didn't like the way the last five shows felt, but these comic books and nerd stuff which I wasn't into at all. I'm like, I think it's gonna grow. If you look at what happened the next seven years of those two, Mark, I didn't stay, I went to school, and then I got full into wine. But if I stayed, I was so uncomfortably right, so what am I gonna do? I'm gonna give it to you right now. I'm gonna go hard at what I think is right for the next 24 to 60 months, and then if I feel it's gonna be awesome forever, I'll just keep doing that, but if I feel that This show in 2029, if I don't like the way it tastes, I'm gonna sell. Hi Gary, Uh, you kind of just uh, answered the question a little bit there. Uh, Maybe I'll follow up a little bit more micro. Uh, If you had $1,000 here at the show and you wanted to turn it into $2,000 a year In a year? Yes. $1,000? I would buy I, I, it literally, just literally that answer, uh, 2000, I would buy either Luca or Giannis Prism rookie cards. I just don't think people understand how popular basketball is. I also think this hobby is very bad at factoring in the athlete. Everybody thinks that Luca and Giannis are overpriced right now because they exploded in the secondary market on eBay over the last couple months. What they don't factor in is Giannis is probably the best player in the world and he still has room to grow and the East is weaker now and it's only Philly maybe and 
He's probably gonna get to his first finals. He's charismatic as hell. He's ambitious off the field. He's kind and nice. He's a global character. He's a handsome dude. He's, a, he's got everything going for him. Luca is white. Luca is 12 years old. He came in as a rookie last year out of shape and flexed on the league. My friend Draymond Green DM'd me, he's like, this boy can play. Draymond thinks everybody sucks. If God forbid Porzingis plays and you've got Cuban hyping the out of it, so if I'm just saying to myself, what, you know, quarterbacks scare me because they can get hurt, right? I'm, I go right to basketball, it's a short-term hobby now. What would I buy? Dr. J rookie cards. Dr. J rookie cards are stupid cheap. He's an icon, but it won't be a thousand more next year. If you buy a PSA 8 right now for 850, it's not gonna be 2,000 next year. But the, Gian- the table I have that says buying Giannis is at 450, you know, and they're going for five out there, that could be a thousand real, real, real simple. Don't let Giannis drop 51 in game one against the Clippers in the finals next year where they triple team him. Watch what eBay does the next morning. Anthony Davis was the layup of all time. You knew he was going to LA or New York. People gotta get smarter here. People are gambling and guessing. I'm watching people talk, people are gambling and guessing. I'm not guessing out here. We know you got a booth Yes, I know, guys, real quick. I'm really, really, more, number one through 10 of the reason I'm here is to spend time with my son. So I know that a lot of people haven't seen me yet and I see a lot of faces. I, I wanna see all of you, but I'd love for you to come by 309, which is where I'm gonna go because I'm gonna try to walk here and go right there to spend some time and break a box with him. So I'm here until Sunday. So I'd love to see you, selfie, sign, whatever, but, but I'm gonna try to beeline right now. And I know a couple of you are alphas and still gonna try to snag me. You're more than happy to. It will just kill your equity with me in perpetuity. I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Thanks guys for listening. Please, please, please share the podcast and make sure you've subscribed because a bunch of you aren't subscribed and more importantly, a bunch of you listen every day and haven't told your friends it's the best.